and welcome to Crossbridge Community Church, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jordan. I am our online pastor here at C3 and also one of our teaching pastors. And so if this is your first time visiting, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And if you're online, let us know in the chat. But uh, today is Mother's Day. Yay, mothers. That is not very... Wow, we got to do better on that. Today's Mother's Day. Yes. Hey, happy Mother's Day. I uh, wanted to share a couple of things about Mother's Day. I am a uh, first-time husband to a wonderful wife who is a first-time mother for this Mother's Day. And I figured I would start today by sharing some of Jordan's fails this last week. Um, Because if you're anything like me and you're a terrible husband, then you found out last Sunday that today was Mother's Day, and you weren't thinking about it. Now, some people are like, hey, last Sunday is a win, okay? Like, some people are like, oh, snap, it's Mother's Day, and you just went to the bathroom, and you're not coming back for the rest of the service. Um, But for me, I had a week, and so I just, you know, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't, I, I don't have an excuse, okay? So anyway, started planning, I'm thinking about different things, and uh, I was put in charge uh, for not just my wonderful wife, who is a, a mother, but also my mother-in-law and then my, uh, my mama as well. I was put in charge of getting the cards, okay, the sentimental cards at the grocery store when we were going shopping yesterday. And if you know me, I'm a, I like to think I'm the funniest guy that you all know, and so um, I'm going through the aisle. Marissa gave me one, one, one job. She said, you've got to find a card that doesn't cost $5, okay? Because apparently that's how they get you on, like, Mother's Day and stuff. Well, I found the value cards, okay? They were only a dollar. I'm like, jackpot, okay? So I looked at a few of them. I'm like, wow, these are so cool. They're so sweet. And read, you know, a couple of the sentences. I'm like, all right, that's perfect. Grabbed three of them. Got back to the grocery line. Marissa said, I don't trust that those aren't $5. Go check again. It was a little hurt, but went, checked again, brought them back. They were right, okay? Fill it out, all this fun stuff. My mom comes over last night. I grill for her, and we start hanging out, and then we, we pull out the cards. I'm like, Mom, this is for me, okay? She reads it. It's all this sentimental. It's really sweet, and then at the very end of it, it says, happy birthday. <laughs> and I got my mother-in-law the exact same card, <laughs> But I knew I got Marissa a different card specific to Uriah, okay? But when I checked this morning, that's also a birthday card. (laughs) And so there's always hope that you can do better next time. Um, But happy, happy Mother's Day. I am just so grateful for moms and motherly, motherly figures as well. And it's the coolest thing for me as a, as a husband to be able to see how well Uri- uh, Uriah is loved by Marissa. And then it gives me appreciation, too, as I see my mom loving and my mother-in-law loving on my son. Um, it's just the coolest thing in the world. But I also know that today can be a you know, somber and a sentimental and a, a difficult day for those who've lost loved ones or um, have struggled with infertility as well. So I just wanted to let you know we see you. We hear you, we're here for you, and whether you are laughing and rejoicing today or you are grieving um, today as well, happy Mother's Day, and we are so glad you're here. Um, Today is week number three of our financial series called Make Space, and I brought up um, a large Duncan 
caramel cream and liquid sugar drink. This is my Dunkin' drink. Does anyone know why I brought this up? No? A couple of you maybe? Okay. Well, it might be a little expensive, I guess, but compared to the Starbucks, it's pretty cheap. Anyway, um, I shared the first week that that was my drink order, and a wonderful Crossbridger brought it to me today. And so while y'all are listening to the sermon, I'm going to just be drinking my coffee. Um, Along with that, someone also sent me a $25 Dunkin' gift card this last week. So uh, I also like Chipotle. And Michigan, <laughs> Michigan football, if you want to get me spring ticket or uh, fall tickets. Uh, basketball works well. NBA playoffs are going on currently. I'll be willing to drive. So um, 3624, and then you can find out the street on the church website. So <laughs> in case there's anybody watching online. So, well, hey, we are in our series called Make Space. Uh, it's been a really cool series. It is a financial management series where we are looking at not necessarily giving, um, but giving is just always a, a component of, of uh, when you talk about money. But we're just looking at what does it look like for us to manage our finances better, to make space. And we're treating it as a margin 2.0 series. If you were here a couple of months ago or watching online, we had a series called Margin where we walked through what does it look like for us to make margin in our life, create margin in our lives. And Trevor talked week one about busyness and priorities and his kind of fear about culture and where it's heading without um, prioritizing rest and also really prioritizing um, sports or hobbies or extracurricular and even pushing family time aside. And so he just shared his heart about that. And then uh, Brad and Bruce talked about finding friends and the importance of relationships. And then Kim and myself co-taught for the final week to talk about uh, what does it look like? What does this mean? How do we take next steps in all of these areas? And what does it look like for us to actually schedule out our time and to prioritize every 15 minutes even to say, hey, you know what? God isn't upset if you schedule out your time alone with God or you schedule out your prayer time. Um, Sometimes we think that it has to be in the moment and Holy Spirit led and so powerful. I think God appreciates that we've created margin intentionally just as much as spontaneously. And so that was our first part of the series. You can find that on anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're treating Make Space as kind of a margin 2.0 and really just specifically looking at finances. Uh, We've shared a ton of different statistics and data points throughout the first two weeks of this series of how, you know, 90% of Americans list money as a stressor. 40% of divorces in 2021, after they ended, the couple shared that money management and money stress was a major reason why they split. Boomers are the wealthiest generation of, you know, still existing. And then millennials struggle the most with money management. Single people struggle more than married couples with money management. And so it's pretty obvious this is a key stressor for every generation, every demographic, every person at some point in their life. Okay, you're going to have to at least learn how to manage finances well. And kind of the three points throughout this entire series have been this. We want to encourage you to spend smarter, save intentionally, and give sacrificially. 
Okay, those are kind of the whole, you know, three points of this series that we've walked through. And, and Brad's message last week, it was so good. Uh, you know, I stayed and I, you know, I, I paid attention both services. Sometimes when we're here, you know, one of us falls asleep in the back. But it was one of those, like, I've got to watch Brad both times. And Marissa even shared, like, that was my favorite Brad sermon in a long time. It's really cool, really good. Talked about just being grateful for what you have and uh, content with what you have and joyful with what God has blessed you with because, Another overarching theme for this entire series is that everything we own, money, wealth, net worth, uh, your home, cars, even, you know, our children, our families, our priorities, our schedules, everything that's ours, our time, is God's. And so part of Brad's message last week, he asked the question, where does your treasure lie? If you pull out your calendar and look at your priorities— where is your treasure at? If you pull out your checkbook or if you pull up your bank account statement online, where are your priorities? And so that's what we're doing. We're talking about making space. The title for the message today is Impulsivity Killed the Cat. And I, I've, I've been wanting to work in like a series title that goes with that old proverb for a long time. And I think today works perfectly for that because if you know any cat, we have a lot of neighborhood cats, a lot of neighborhood cats, and I don't think there's anything planned about what they do. It is all like, it is all like in the moment and like in a response and, and like hasty feed as we're going to talk about today and really, um, you know, terrifying, honestly. And so impulsivity killed the cat. And what we're going to be looking at today is just kind of talking through what does it look like for us? Whether we're making, you know, just minimum wage or we have a nice salary and a 401k or if we're working 40 hours a week, 20 hours a week, 80 hours a week. What does it look like for us to ask God for wisdom in how we spend, save, and sacrifice? Because I think with money, a lot of us and a lot of people who struggle with money management often spend impulsively save impulsively, and sacrifice even impulsively. But what does it look like for us to invite God into the conversation with that which he has given us? And that's what we're going to be looking at today. I wanted to share a story, just kind of kick off this message. My father, on Mother's Day, we're going to talk about my father. Uh, my father was an impulsive grocery shopper, okay? But only for one thing. Any guesses? I, well, okay. Two things. <laughs> ice cream was one of them. <laughs> but see, usually with ice cream, he would go to the store knowing he was getting ice cream. If he was going to the store knowing he was getting ice cream, he always came back with the second thing. Any other guesses? Chips? Mm, that's half of it, okay? No matter what he was going to the store for, my father always came back with chip dip, okay? <laughs> chip dip. I, no idea why. We, he'd go and get Tylenol, come back with Tylenol and chip dip. He'd go and get ice cream, come back with ice cream and chip dip. He'd go and get like something to decompress after a Michigan loss and come back with chip dip. Half the time for getting chips to go along with the dip, okay? There'd be times he'd go to the store for something, okay? Some of you who shop at Target know what I'm going at next and only come back with the chip dip, but forget everything else that you went to the store for in the first place. Okay? He was an impulsive grocery shopper for ice cream and chip dip. And I like to say that is kind of what I've inherited. Not with chip dip, 
definitely with ice cream and candy. But whenever I go to a bookstore, okay, I will go in with a book in mind. Any book lovers out there, they'll go in with a book in mind, come out with five, and possibly the one book that they were looking for. Happened last week. I went to the bookstore to get a study Bible that we were giving away on our online campus and uh, walked out with, I had like three books in my cart, um, but I uh, put two of them back and, and uh, only took one with me. But it's same with candy. Okay, I, I huge sweet tooth. Man, anyone wants to bring me Twizzlers the next time I teach, it would have my heart. Okay, have my heart. But impulsivity killed the cat. Now, here's what's so crazy about this, this message today is it wasn't even really the direction I was planning on going. But Wednesday, I asked um, just my Facebook friends and Instagram uh, friends, hey, is it difficult for you to be wise with your finances? And there were like 25 comments or so, and half the people said, yes, I struggle with that. Or no, I've actually, like, my parents did a really great job of raising me to be wise with how I spend, save, and give. And so it's a little bit easier. And it was cool to see the balance because, you know, we just got to recognize not everybody struggles with money management. And that's kind of, you know, for me and Marissa, our parents did an exceptional job raising us to manage our finances from a very early age. Money management for us isn't one of our struggles. But it's something I'm passionate about because I recognize other people's struggle and so what does it look like for us to walk with people who do? And so uh, of the like half people that shared like, hey, I struggle with money management, there were so many responses that says, I'm an impulsive spender, or I'm an impulsive giver, or I'm an impulsive saver even. And Brad talked about last week, we were like, how is impulsively saving or giving a bad thing? When you put your treasure in your savings account, or even you put your treasure in what you give to, Rather than God alone, it can become an idol. And so what does it look like for us to seek before we spend, save, and sacrifice? Seek God's wisdom before we spend, save, and sacrifice. That's the whole theme for the message. I want to share a stat with you. This is actually from April 2022, just last month. Uh, Ramsey Solutions um, shared this stat um, that I just thought was so cool. It says this, as of April 2022, the average American impulsively spent $278 a month, which on average was about $3,300 a, a year, okay? It, it's like $3,380. You know, it's, it's like a, you know, there's a few more dollars there, but $3,300 a year per average. And then per lifetime, the average American per average lifetime impulsively spends $198,000, that's a lot of chip dip, <laughs> a lot of Twizzlers, and a lot of books. And this is just the average American, so obviously it's less or more. But as I talked about in that first week when I downloaded the Truebill app and encouraged all of us to do that for a next step, I saw how much I was eating out with. I saw how much money I was spending, even impulsively. Like, hey, we don't have the energy to cook tonight. Let's just stop by Chipotle on the way home. Or we go into the store, we go into Target. I don't know what it is about Target, okay? Yesterday, even Marissa and I, I think we were at Meyer. We were at Meyer and we walked out with $80 worth of basketball cards because I'm addicted. <laughs> and uh, we're like, whoa, the basketball cards are finally stocked at the store. Let's open some. And, and, uh, and so we, we, that was not on the grocery list. And Marissa said, just budget it for next week. I'm like, okay. Like, and, and that is kind of um, one of the, see, I just threw my wife under the bus. 
But that's one of those mindsets, isn't it? Just worry about it later. Just take care of it later. And that mindset honestly kills us. And so I want to walk through these three questions, okay, and just ask you rhetorically these three questions. The first question is this, and this, is, this kind of came from the Facebook comments. Are we scared or even ashamed to ask God for wisdom with our wealth because we are ashamed of our financial situation? So I think sometimes what happens is because we're so deep in a hole or we're so ashamed of how we spend, how we save, or know that we're not giving sacrificially or we're giving to different things or spending on different things, and it causes us to, me to ask the question, is it terrifying to go to God with our wealth because we're ashamed of what that might mean? Or we're scared of what God might ask of us So think about that. Second question is this. Do you struggle with money management or does, uh, because of mental health? Okay, so does mental health impact how you spend, save, or give? Again, this isn't the case for everyone. I know for me, whenever I get depressed, I definitely need a Dairy Queen Blizzard, okay, large. And usually something funky goes in it. They, Brad and Bruce make fun of me all the time. Because all I go, they'll get, Brad, he'll get a small Butterfinger blizzard, okay? Bruce will get an M&M blizzard, okay? And then Jordan gets some, like, thing with, like, four toppings in it. And it's different every single time. Don't try mint chocolate ice cream with Heath Bar and with cookie dough. It tastes terrible. I think I had, it was, like, three years ago. I was, like, in my fields. And so Bruce is like, let's go get blizzards. And don't, this is another thing. Don't try something new when you need a win. Okay, sometimes we need a win. And so I went there. I had like two bites of it. It was terrible. And so it's been a running joke. Okay, but does mental health impact how you spend, save, and give? Last question is this. Do you struggle with impulse spending, saving, or sacrificing? Do you struggle with it? Again, some of you may, some of you may not. These are just three rhetorical questions as I was reading um, from my friends, different areas that they struggled with. Impulsivity killed the cats. $300 a month, people on average spend impulsively $3,300 a year, $198,000 per lifetime. So let's look to who is considered one of the wisest uh, humans to ever walk this earth, King Solomon. We're going to start off in First Proverbs, uh, First Proverbs, Proverbs nineteen, um, and then we're going to go to First Kings, and then we're going to go back to Proverbs chapter sixteen. Just study a lot of of King Solomon's kind of uh, theology, philosophy about money management, and how important it is for us to seek before we spend, save, and sacrifice. So, turn with me to Proverbs. Chapter 19, I'm going to read the first eight verses. This is what King Solomon writes. Better, better the poor whose walk is blameless than a fool whose lips are perverse. Desire without knowledge is not good. How much more hasty feet will miss the way. I love that wording. We're going to come back to that in a second. Verse three, a person's own folly leads to their ruin yet their heart rages against the Lord. Isn't that so true, though? Sometimes we'll spend impulsively and that we don't have money for, like, 
a disaster or something that comes up and we get mad at God or we're like, God, how could you let this happen? I'm like, well, you just spent $300 on Chipotle, you know, a lot of chip dip, okay? Or you just spent $10,000 going on this great family vacation, which again, none of those things are bad. But are you setting yourself up to succeed if something happens? Verse four, wealth attracts many friends, but even the closest friend of them and of the poor person deserts them. A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will not go free. Many curry, with, curry favor with a ruler, and everyone is the friend of one who gives gifts. The poor are shunned by all their relatives. How much more do their friends avoid them? Though the poor pursue them with pleading, they are nowhere to be found. And then verse 8, the one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. I want to go back to verse 2 that says this, desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet or impulsive kitties miss the way? And when I was reading that passage and thinking about King Solomon, and we're going to talk a little bit about how he got so wise— Uh, with just uh, specifically for how he was just in his decision-making as he governed, but then also in just his his wisdom of life in general. Okay, we're going to talk about that in the next passage we read. Um, But as I was reading that specifically, I love that phrasing, hasty feet. Because we can be hasty in our spending, and we think about that as impulsive, and we know, yeah, we could spend less, you know, impulsively. Okay. But then the other two areas, save and sacrifice, we don't often think of as a negative thing when we're impulsively saving or sacrificing. At least I didn't. And it was really cool. My mom, you know, one of the comments she shared was sometimes she uh, saves too much or doesn't spend enough on herself, and that in and of itself leads to idolizing even your savings. We're not prioritizing some of your self-care. And so some of us, we, we bank so much on making sure every single dollar is saved and put away and we're not allowed to have anything nice or anything fun. And so we idolize our savings. But then what about sacrifice? Because I think on the surface level, a lot of us would say, well, yeah, when is giving ever a bad thing? When is impulsive giving ever a bad thing? If I feel called to give, then I'm going to give. And Before I say what I'm about to say, I want to share, if you feel God God genuinely calling you to give and sacrifice, listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to God. But I think it is so important that we seek wisdom before we give, and we spend time in prayer before we give. As we study more and learn more about, um, you know, missions or about poverty or even just about how churches spend money or how people spend money, okay, it's important, and we're learning, we're learning that there are certain nonprofits that on the surface level look really great to give to, and then only like 5% of the gifts that they give end up going to the cause that they're promoting, if any at all. Or we see someone who, and again, if you feel the Holy Spirit calling you to give, it's so important for you to listen to the Holy Spirit. As I say what I'm about to say next, keep that in mind. But even as you see individuals who are struggling, um, who are homeless or struggling on the streets and stuff, as you're, you know, the, the urge and the gift is to want to impulsively help them out. 
And studies are showing that to help them out, some, it's better to give them a meal or to help connect them with someone who can help empower them to take next steps, okay? Because you're looking, again, you're looking to help someone take the journey of walking forward rather than just temporary assistance. And sometimes the money isn't spent, and don't use that as a reason not to give, okay? But it, it requires us to seek wisdom. It's easy to save and to spend and to give impulsively. That's very easy. But all it takes is for us to take a few moments and say, God, I'm seeking your wisdom. Sometimes God's going to say, yes, give to that person. Give to that agency. Give to that nonprofit. Give to that church. And sometimes you might feel God saying, maybe you've got the, the idea right. Like the heart is there but find an agency or a person or an organization who is going to better use the funds that are given. We did this with uh, when everything was going and still happening with Afghanistan. Um, we reached out to Landon and Annie Oyer, our, our SMAC team um, leaders, and we're saying, hey, you know, we feel as a church we want to, you know, partner with an organization who, you know, is going to, you know, walk with uh, people in Afghanistan during this time. Here's one we had in mind. They did a lot of research for us, came back and said, hey, that organization on the surface level looks great, but there's a couple of, you know, question marks we have. Here's one that looks great and there's no question marks. Let's go this other direction. And so that's what we did. And so there's sometimes where it's so important for us, even in our saving and our spending and our sacrificing, to seek before we do. Doesn't mean don't do it. Doesn't mean don't give, okay? Doesn't mean don't even allow yourself to be Holy Spirit-led in those moments, okay? It doesn't mean that every time that you give to someone that they're going to misuse the money. It just means seek before you spend, save, and sacrifice. It will help you lead a wiser life. And it leads me to this question. What does that even look like for us to seek before we spend, save, and sacrifice? What does it look like? I think prayer has to be a big component of it, big part of it. Spending time in prayer. Because I think what prayer will do often is it will, it will first give you peace in the situation, wisdom in the situation, but it also gives God an opportunity to challenge us to spend differently, save differently, or sacrifice differently. Hey, God, I really had this amount. I wanted to give this amount away. What about this? Counteroffer, God. Let's go back to what I was thinking. See, when you allow God to come into the conversation, it allows God to challenge us to do better, to be better, to spend better. Like we talked about, it allows God to push us to spend smarter, save intentionally, and sacrifice graciously. That's really cool when you allow God into the conversation because God wants to and is willing to. And this is what I love so much about King Solomon. We're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 3. Um, just read a couple of verses. This is what's so cool about um, God. Basically, he kind of approaches King Solomon and says, hey, I want to give you anything you want, pretty much, okay? Ask and you shall receive what is on your heart. And this is the conversation, verse 5. At Gibeon, Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. And Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant. 
my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son, excuse me, to sit on his throne this very day. Verse 7, now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among my people. You have chosen a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor so that in your lifetime, you have no equal among kings. And then we kind of see this played out as King Solomon, as he's writing, again, the Proverbs, verse, chapter 16, verse 16. I love what he says about wealth. He says this, How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. How much better to get wisdom rather than gold, insight, discernment, rather than silver. Because impulsivity kills the cat and will kill your bank account. And so what does it look like for us to seek before we spend, save, and sacrifice? Spend, save, and sacrifice. Here's kind of the closing idea. And this is why I think that that seeking wisdom is so difficult in any situation because it requires two things. One, it requires sacrifice. And two, it requires humility. Seeking wisdom requires sacrifice and requires humility. Brene Brown, who is one of the leading experts on shame, um, understanding shame and shame culture and the emotion of shame, talks about uh, the word humility as an emotion. And a lot of times we think or we define even humility as thinking less of yourself. That's not the case. Humility is being willing to learn more about yourself and other things and other people. Being willing to learn, to kind of take the step back and saying, you know what? I'm going to be humble in this situation and learn what's going on around me. But seeking wisdom is so difficult because, one, again, it requires sacrifice. It's so much easier to be an impulsive spender, an impulsive saver, and an impulsive giver. It takes a lot of heart, a lot of patience. takes a lot of trust. takes a lot of humility to sacrifice wisely, to spend wisely, to save wisely. And then there are times that God's going to call you to give and sacrifice, and spend, and save in an irrational way, according to human logic. So give God that opportunity to speak to you by spending time in prayer, spending time seeking his wisdom. Seeking wisdom is so difficult 
because it requires us to say, you know what? There's somebody in the room smarter than I am. Always. Because the Holy Spirit is always present. And there's not like one right way to do this. Some people will say, hey, as you're money managing, as you're seeking, and as you're, you know, doing this and doing that and spending better and saving better and uh, giving better, we're like, hey, you have to sign up for, you know, the Ramsey, you know, financial peace plan, okay? Which is, you know, very well known in the church. And, and I was debating if I should share this or not. People my age and younger, we can't stand Dave Ramsey. I know that for some people, they might be like, what in the world? He's like our all-star. People my age and younger can't stand Dave Ramsey. And we can get into a conversation about why that is down the road, but I just want you to know that that's not the only way to do it. <laughs> and there's a lot of good things that he does that Marissa and I still practice. And there's some things that we just, you know, we don't, you know, incorporate in our spending, saving, and, and sacrificing. And so there's not one right way to do it. But if you're not seeking wisdom in anything you do, then you're definitely doing it wrong. Seek before you spend, seek before you save, seek before you sacrifice so you don't end up as a dead kitty. Here's your next step for this week. The first week, if you remember, Brett, uh, I, I challenged everyone, download the free Truebill app. It'll show you where you're spending your money, where you're saving your money, where you're giving your money. Last week, Brad challenged us to do a gratitude journal. Who did a gratitude journal with me? No, hell, we got a couple. Mom, you don't count. Oh, we got Sarah Ewing. Okay. Hey, all of us, this is your, you got another homework assignment. Do the gratitude journal this week. Okay, take next steps in your finances this week. So now you're going to have two next steps. Gratitude journal, because you all got an F for the first time. Gratitude journal this week, and then this part. Spend time before you spend, save, and sacrificing praying for wisdom. It's a very simple thing. Like any time, spend, save, and sacrifice while seeking God's kingdom. We pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for giving us this message. Thank you for your wisdom in making space for our finances so that we can spend smarter, save intentionally, and sacrifice generously. Money can stress so many people out and can really wreck relationships. But it doesn't have to be that way. So God, we pray for your wisdom. I ask that every single individual here today start seeking you before they drain the bank account. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Good stuff, Jordan. Thank you. Um, in case you didn't know, uh, Barb and I just got back yesterday. We were at a conference in Atlanta, Georgia all week, a church conference. Uh, great time. And on our way down there, um, I ran across to Bucky's. Anybody know what a Bucky's is? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Some big fans here. And um, so it's first time in a Bucky's. You just have to look it up if you haven't been there. Great destination. And um, it's a gas station. Big gas station. And so we walk out of this gas station and spend $169. I really needed those Bucky swim shorts, I'm just saying. You know, you talk about impulsive, I'm telling you, but you know how that is. And it's just something that I know that for myself, it's one of those things that, that I need to actually ask wisdom for and continue saying, what, God, what do you have in store for me and my finances? So, hey, next week, Jordan and I are going to wrap this whole thing up. Uh, it's been a great, we've had so many great conversations, emails, text messages to us, um, had no idea. And so just... Some great next steps being taken, so thank you for that. But we'll wrap this up next week. And then I just want to get you prepared for uh, something coming up. 
in June, uh, you may know that we are going outdoors again. Uh, one services at 10 o'clock. We are all excited. We had to do this during COVID. Now we're just choosing to do it. But every Sunday in in June, be praying for good weather. And uh, it's going to look a little bit different this year, and we're really excited about this. And it's going to be, typically what we would do is we'd go out and try to produce what we do on Sunday, but we're changing it all up. There's going to be food on some of these weekends, and uh, it's going to be a family service, and we're going to have some fun. We're going to experience God in a new way, and this is going to be a great opportunity for you to invite some of your friends who may not be as excited about coming to church because this is going to look totally different. We're going to be outside in the sunshine, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So just have that in the back of your mind. Start thinking about those people. Every Sunday in June, we're going to do that. So it's going to be awesome. If you are brand new today, if this is your first time here, man, we are so glad that you are here, and we would love to get to know you a little bit better. We have a gift box in the back. Kim, Jordan will be back there, myself. Love to talk to you. Just give you one of those. Got some candy in it. You're going to love it. So anyway, thanks so much for being here. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. We'll see you next Sunday.